0: Coming up on Harvard Chan This Week in Health, Saving Brains, the push to understand the critical early years of a child's life. Plus, China is facing an epidemic of heart attack and stroke, why changes in diet may be to blame. And were the Zika fear is heading into the Rio Olympics overblown, we'll get an update from someone who is spending time at the Summer Games. Hello and welcome to Harvard Chan This Week in Health. It's Friday, August 19th, and I'm Noah Levitt.
1: And I'm Amy Montemiro. We begin this week with the importance of a child's early years, especially in developing countries.
0: A wide-ranging new research project is highlighting how adversity during this period can have lifelong effects on children. A critical benchmark is the first 1,000 days of a child's life, including nine months of pregnancy and then running through the age of two.
2: Like, by and large, there is strong evidence from developing countries that adverse pregnancy outcomes are associated with very large long-term effects. More recently, there have been more and more studies showing that children not doing well at age one or two, not doing well in their physical growth, not doing well in their cognitive development, really will not do well throughout their life.
0: That's Gunter Fink, Associate Professor in the Department of Global Health and Population at the Harvard Chan School.
1: Fink is one of the Harvard Chan researchers working on a wide-ranging project funded by the Canadian government through a program known as Grand Challenges Canada. Fink and other researchers are examining the risk factors that lead children to have both physical and cognitive delays, including pregnancy complications, whether or not children are breastfed, and lack of access to clean water.
0: And researchers like Fink are taking that a step further, examining the long-term impact of developmental delays, looking beyond those first 1,000 days. And Fink says this is a critical time to be looking at these issues. Since 1990, the mortality rate of children younger than five has been cut nearly in half. And as the global health community has more success in reducing child mortality, Fink says it's important to ask, what's next?
2: So now we have these millions of children that survive, but let's make sure that they thrive, right? Like we want those children to do well and not just to barely survive. And let's make sure they are all given a chance.
0: There's still much work to be done to ensure all children do have an equal chance to thrive. One recent study from the Harvard Chan School found that in developing countries, a third of children 3 and 4 years old don't reach basic milestones in cognitive and or socio-emotional growth. These early abilities are associated with subsequent development, mental and physical health, and ultimately better learning in school and more productive lives as adults.
1: And recent research by Gunter Fink has analyzed the potential cost of these delays. He found that children in developing countries who do not physically grow as well as they could in early life will not do as well in school and in turn will not do as well in the labor market. In other words, a person's career earning potential can be shaped by the first few years of their life.
2: The long-term economic consequences of children not doing well in early life are very large, and it's easy to quantify them. I think in our paper we focus just on schooling and labor market outcomes, but they go far beyond that. Like we already know that there is major health consequences. We know there is pretty big impact on other domains of development, like self-control, cognition. So by investing like in the early period and by making those years, I, let's say, more more stimulating, more supporting, like more in the vein of what children need. We can make them just more productive citizens and we can make societies better overall.
1: The main takeaway, says Fink, is that it's important to invest in early childhood development and to target the risk factors that can affect children. That can mean taking steps to reduce premature births, developing infrastructure to improve water and sanitation in developing countries, and working to promote breastfeeding.
0: While there are challenges, Fink says he's optimistic because there is more awareness than ever before about the importance of early childhood development. We want to
2: make sure that children have access to early childhood care, and like we want to make sure that children reach basic milestones, and I think we've never had that. So I think there's global awareness, and I think there's also global willingness to invest into early childhood programs and I am very, very confident that we'll make lots of progress in the next few years. And I think part of this research project really was to have some big, easy numbers to work with, to energize that movement and say, like, okay, look, from an economic perspective, this is a no-brainer.
0: If you want to read more about Harvard Chan research in this area and learn more about the Grand Challenges program, just visit our website, hsph.me slash thisweekinhealth.
1: The Rio Summer Olympics will come to a close on August 21st, and at this point it appears that fears about the Zika virus never materialized.
0: A couple of weeks ago we spoke to Marcia Castro, an associate professor at the Harvard Chan School, who is currently conducting research in Brazil. She traveled to Rio to attend some Olympic events, so we touched base with her via Skype, and Castro says that right now, Zika is not a concern in Rio.
3: I haven't seen any mosquitoes. I went to the main uh, place where the events are with all the arenas. And I saw, you know, I have this eye for looking for breeding habitats. I didn't see anything. And, you know, it's it's really working out well. Um, they have teams checking out every single place for breeding habitats, but there's just nothing.
0: We also asked Castro if the talk about the Zika threat during the Olympics was overblown.
1: She says that some of the discussion around preparation and prevention was useful for athletes and for visitors. I think that the discussion of
3: telling people to bring repellents, to be careful, that's useful because there are other diseases that can be transmitted by mosquitoes and um, making people aware that there are other health concerns as well, like the flu and all of this. That's important. It's just like I told you, I had my bottle of repellent there. I just didn't feel the need to use it. The other kind of conversation. Conversation that was like uh, the drama part, and Zika is going to spread across the entire globe because of the Olympics. That is completely useless, and I think it it does a disservice to the to the whole discussion.
1: And despite the current conditions in Brazil, Castro says Zika is likely to have a resurgence in Brazil as the weather begins to warm up in the coming months. China is
0: facing an epidemic of heart disease and stroke over the next two decades. That's according to new research from the Harvard Chan School.
1: Researchers analyzed data from 1991 to 2011 and looked at 17 dietary and lifestyle factors that have been linked to cardiovascular disease, things like high blood pressure, high BMI, and low physical activity. The authors say that the continued rise of these factors could lead to millions of new cases of heart disease and stroke through the year 2031. Cardiovascular
0: disease is now the leading cause of death in China. And researchers attribute this to major changes in Chinese society, including a shift to a more, quote, Western diet. Here's Yan Ping Li, research scientist in the Department of Nutrition at the Harvard Chan School and the study's lead author.
3: Chinese people is um, changing transition from the traditional plant-food-based dietary pattern to the Western dietary pattern with higher red meat, processed meats, less whole grain, more
1: sugar-sweetened beverage.
0: Lee says that rapid industrialization and urbanization in parts of China has also contributed to the growing trend of a more sedentary lifestyle.
1: Lee says this cardiovascular disease epidemic can be reversed by promoting a healthy diet and lifestyle. So she and other researchers are calling for a greater focus in China on chronic disease prevention.
0: Finally this episode, when smokers have to walk farther to get cigarettes, they're more likely to quit. That's according to a new study from researchers at the University of Turku in Finland. They looked at data from current and former smokers and looked at how their habits changed when the distance they had to travel from home to buy cigarettes also changed.
1: They found that for every 500 meters a person had to travel, their chance of quitting increased by 16%. The authors say that this suggests that policies targeting tobacco retailers in residential areas could help cut smoking rates.
0: And that's all for this week's edition of Harvard Chan This Week in Health. I'm Noah
1: Levitt. And I'm Amy Montemuro. A reminder that you can always listen to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher.